Welcome to California State of Mind, a new politics podcast from CAP Radio and CalMatters. I'm Elizabeth Aguilera, a reporter with CalMatters in Los Angeles. And I'm Nicole Nixon, a politics reporter for CAP Radio in Sacramento. Nicole, can you believe we are now just days away from Election Day? Millions of mail-in ballots have already been sent in. The fact that more than a third of voters in California have cast their ballots this far ahead of Election Day is pretty wild. And next week is poised to be historic. Because of the turnout, there are a lot of issues on the ballot, and of course, the pandemic. It's going to be pretty nerve-wracking to wait for the results, especially for the people who've sent their ballots off weeks ago and may have to wait even longer. You know, we're so used to getting results for the presidential race, at least the night of Election Day. So with so many states voting by mail, it could take a little bit more time this year. I think people are anxious about that. That's so true. At our house, we haven't even done our ballots yet. And now I'm feeling totally behind the curve, given how many Californians like whip them back in so quickly. Same. I feel like such a procrastinator this year. But there have been some really interesting developments, and a new pattern has emerged. We've learned all of this from taking a look at who is voting early. It turns out voting has really become political this year. Exactly. People are posting about it on social media. There seems to be a lot of pressure around who's doing it and how, whether you're mailing it in or walking it in, whether you're voting early or whether you plan to do it on Election Day. That's why I invited expert Paul Mitchell to talk to me. Paul is vice president of the voter data company Political Data Inc. Paul knows pretty much everything. I mean, he has really deep data on who is voting. It's pretty amazing, actually. He says he can tell when I submit my ballot. It's that granular. And that's why he's joining us this week on California State of Mind. Hi, Paul. Hi. The election is just days away. Millions of voters have already cast their ballots. So how many have done this already? And what do we know about them? Right now, we're at more than a third of California voters have already cast their ballots, and that's record numbers. We've never had this many early votes in any prior election. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how is this different than 2016? But it sounds like it's incredibly different. It is incredibly different. We are now mailing every California voter a ballot, and that's something new we're doing because of COVID, and we're seeing that in other states as well. One key difference, though, is that in California, we already were going to mail ballots to 17.5 million Californians. In other states, they might have only been mailing absentee ballots to 4 or 10% of their voters, and now they're converting their entire system to have you know 40, 50, or even 100% of their ballots being sent in the mail. So other states are having more dramatic changes, but our changes have been significant. Well, I want to go a little deeper on who these voters are and what you know. They're voting earlier than ever. But again, who are they and why are they casting their ballots so far ahead of November 3rd? Every election cycle, we see the first wave of early ballots coming in. And it's traditionally from older homeowners, people who vote every election, people who vote by mail every election. In fact, we find that voters have been developing these patterns with how they vote. They, you know, maybe they've built a ritual around doing it around their their kitchen table. Maybe they do a ritual of taking it on election day and dropping it off in a ballot box. In this election cycle, we saw that first wave of a quarter million votes being cast before the first weekend. And we looked at it and it was still a lot of these same demographics 
um, very likely voters, but they were just turning in their ballots so quickly. It was like it was a race. And the why is really interesting because we saw in polling before the ballots were mailed out that there were these strong signals that large chunks of the population really wanted to mail their ballots early. One poll showed that over 60% of Democrats said that they were planning on mailing their ballot before the first weekend. Republicans we saw were saying that they wanted to vote more in person. And that's actually what we're also seeing in this data is a real front loading of the Democratic vote and still hearing from pollsters that a lot of these Republicans who have yet to cast their ballots, they want to do it in person because that's the messages they're hearing. Here at our house, we usually get the mail-in ballot, but we walk it in to our location just to see what the vibe is and see who's around. Um, And this year, we haven't actually quite decided how we're going to do that. So we're we're behind everyone else, I think. You might want to go down to your local polling place on election day, and I think a lot of people will. Um, But the the number of polling places has been severely cut in California. Vice News came out and said there was a 73% reduction in voting centers and, and polling places in California. The voting is going to take a lot longer. There's going to be all this PPE and requirement of, you know, social distancing. A voting location that might have had four machines in the primary might only have one or two now. And so it doesn't take much for a neighborhood polling place to have a line around the block. And we're going to have a circumstance, I think, going into Election Day where a lot of these voters who haven't voted yet find it to be really frustrating that they're having to stand in line for an hour or two just to cast a ballot. I wanted to ask you about Latino voters. Uh, Latinos make up some 40 percent of California's population and account for just over a quarter of registered voters. When you look at the early voting, how represented are Latino voters? The entirety of the 2016 election campaign, 1.3 million Latino voters sent in a ballot early. So far in this election, the Latino population is almost at 1.5 million voters. So they've already outpaced the early vote for the entirety of 2016. So we can look at that and say, like, that's positive news. We did see in that same survey research uh, that Latinos were expressing a lot more hesitancy to use vote by mail, uh, feeling a lot more confident in that kind of tactile on election day in-person voting. I think the concern is that they, among other populations in the electorate, might find themselves waiting to vote in person and then being discouraged if there are long lines. Well, in a year with a pandemic, when most people are masking up and social distancing, as you mentioned before, you still expect the state to break voting records. Why is that? What's different this time? Well, this is a rather historic election, I think. We like to break down turnout to the mechanical factors and the environmental factors. So the mechanical factors might be everybody's getting mailed a ballot or how easy it is to register to vote in your state. Um, The environmental factors have to do with what is motivating you. And honestly, the strongest motivators are anxiety, fear, frustration, anger. And I think in a lot of parts of this country, we're having those kind of emotions coming up on both sides of the political spectrum. And that is the kind of environment that should really drive turnout. Um, So in California, we have a very wide open system that has allowed more people to register to vote. We're at 22 million registered voters, which is a record. Um, I think we could see record turnout in California for sure. 
um, and potentially, uh, unless there's mechanical things that inhibit the voting in other states, we could see record turnout around the country. So, Paul, what does all of this mean for Election Day? Well, there's a lot of what it means for Election Day. A lot of votes have been have been banked, right? So these campaigns between now and Election Day have a lot fewer voters that they have to go out and target and try to get to turn out. On Election Day, we're going to sit around twiddling our thumbs for most of the day, waiting for uh, 8 o'clock and the first numbers to come out from the returns. Traditionally, the earliest vote is much more heavily Republican. And as a result, the results generally come out and the Republican candidates are doing really great and the conservative side of ballot measures are doing really great. And Democrats kind of play this waiting game to see how the results will shift. It's called a blue shift. They'll shift as they you know, get to counting all the poll votes that are cast. And then the days and weeks later, all the late ballots and the, uh, the ballots that were provisional ballots and the same day registrations and all of this, this blue shift. So on this election night, I think we're going to see something different. And I think that that's going to be that the first ballots we see are going to come from this heavily skewed Democratic-leaning early voting population that we've witnessed this year. Um, that means that when we have a result come out on election night at 8 o'clock, the first numbers that come up, that might be the high watermark for all the Democratic candidates. And we could see it go from there to poll voters, which will probably skew more Republican, and then, you know, again, the dragging out for weeks potentially on the extremely close races. But it's pretty likely we're not going to have the same kind of blue shift as we've had in prior election cycles. Paul, can you talk a little bit about the Trump influence on going to the poll or using the mail-in ballot? Because it seems like this process has become more political this year. Well, it's really interesting. Um, so... Obviously, as most people are probably aware, um, Donald Trump and other Republicans have really decried this big shift to vote by mail. And we've seen it in polling that a lot of Republicans hate the idea that we're mailing everybody a ballot, even though in California, we were already almost mailing everybody a ballot. So you ended up having Democrats kind of virtue signaling, I'm going to mail my ballot early because that's what we do. It's kind of like... Uh, um, a way of showing your political positioning and Republicans doing the opposite. Republicans saying, I'm going to vote in person because I believe in that. It's this polarization that we've seen in other parts, parts of our culture where you can't go buy a chicken sandwich without it being political somehow, right? In this election cycle, voting mechanisms have fallen into that same kind of partisan split. There's uh, a potential hazard to this honestly for the Republicans. Everybody's getting mailed a ballot 29 days before the election, and you're telling them just to leave it on their kitchen counter for a month and then go vote when there might be long lines. It could backfire on, on some of these people who have been really pushing their voters to go to the polls and not vote in the very easy way of mailing in their mail-in ballot. Paul, what are you still waiting to see or would you be surprised to see in the remaining days? Just to let you know, I'm really optimistic generally, but I'm going to be surprised if we don't see real problems at voting locations uh, come election day. County registrars have done an excellent job all around the state trying to create a voting system that works for their county and that is designed to meet the needs that they're expecting on election day. Um, 
the fact that there are certain populations that are kind of self-selecting to still vote at the polls, they're completely able to mail in a ballot. They might have a drop box right near their house, but they're still insistent that like, I need to go in person. That could really negatively impact the voting experience for a lot of people and do it in ways that aren't expected. I've been chatting with Paul Mitchell, vice president of the voter data company, Political Data Inc. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Well, Nicole, I will definitely be taking my ballot to an official ballot box this weekend after talking with Paul. Hopefully you don't hit any crowds and and maybe Paul will see it and send you a little note that he knows you voted. One thing that really resonated with me from our conversation is how he hit home all the various ways to get your ballot in. And to reinforce, Paul says that if you can do it now, do not wait to go in person. Right. Well, with fewer voting centers, COVID and all the usual Election Day hiccups that can happen, if you haven't sent your ballot in, you should consider the best approach now that we're in countdown mode. And if you do intend to go in person on Election Day, you should double check the location of your local voting center because the state has made a lot of changes and it may not be where you think it is. And you should also make plans to spend some time there in case there is a long line. Well, on Tuesday, if you still find yourself at a polling place, let us know how it goes. Are there lines? Was it smooth? Tweet us at Your Golden State, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to California State of Mind. I'm Nicole Nixon. And I'm Elizabeth Aguilera. We just talked about how early voting in California is shattering records this year. But in some states, there's a bit of uncertainty about whether every ballot will be counted. That's right. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled this week that Wisconsin can't count any mail-in ballots that arrive after Election Day. So campaigns and election experts are urging people to take their ballots to a drop box or vote in person ASAP. Nicole, another judge ruled that the Postal Service has to increase the number of truck trips and bypass the guidelines that slowed down their service over the summer. But still, people all over the country are skeptical about trusting the post office to get their ballots in on time. But on the flip side, we hear you. A lot of you are worried about just how safe it is to vote in person. It seems like this year people have to really strategize. So this week, I wanted to check in with reporters across California. How is all of this pandemic voting actually going? So joining me now is Ben Christopher, a politics reporter for Cal Matters, Libby Denkman, who covers politics for KPCC in Los Angeles, and Isabella Bloom, who's at the UC Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism and a reporter for an election collaboration called VoteBeat. Welcome to California State of Mind. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, hey, Nicole. Thanks for having us. So the thing about voting in California is this year, most voters have actually a lot of options. Everybody got a mail-in ballot, so they can mail it in, they can take it to a drop box, or in most counties, they can still vote in person as well. Um, Libby, I want to start with you because this year, NBA arenas around the country have been turned into polling locations. And you and your colleagues have been covering early in-person voting at the Staples Center in L.A. Can you give us a snapshot of what that looks like and, and what are people saying about why they're voting in person in a pandemic? 
Sure. And I just want to point out uh, the Clippers Arena, the Forum in Inglewood also is hosting a vote center. So even though they're not NBA champions, you can still go and vote at the Forum as well. Uh, There was a line outside Staples Center ahead of the first day of early voting there on Saturday morning. And folks were just really excited to be part of the process. There are a ton of very important elections happening locally. So not just at the top of the ballot, but if you look at the district attorney's race, that gets brought up a lot in motivating people to go out to the polls. In Los Angeles County, we have this uh, very interesting contest between an incumbent, Jackie Lacey, who is more of a moderate uh, centrist district attorney and a progressive challenger, George Gascon, who's seen as kind of the extension of this progressive prosecutor movement across the country. So that is something that's motivating people to get out. And it's also a uh, the first year in decades that city elections are synced up with the national general election. And so what you're seeing is people actually participating in city elections, including city council races, which we have a couple close ones here. Uh, And that's going to really boost turnout in those races. And I think it's brought a lot more attention and awareness also to what's down ballot in Los Angeles County, which is nice to see. Mm -hmm. In Southern California, there are some of these unofficial ballot drop boxes that the state Republican Party set up. There was also this fire in an official county drop box, and, and that's being investigated for arson. Have these kinds of things driven more people to want to vote in person? They have. We uh, reporters who were out in the field on the first day of early voting said many people brought up this fire in the Baldwin Park ballot box, which we think damaged possibly 200 ballots, maybe fewer than that. The investigation is ongoing, Um, but it did shake some people up uh, about the safety of their ballots when they drop them off in official ballot drop boxes. And then on the other hand, the Republican Party uh, uh, in these very contested congressional districts setting up unofficial, unauthorized ballot drop boxes, and even going to court to protect their right to continue to operate them in a a form that is not uh, exactly in line with what elections officials would like to see. They're continuing to accept ballots in uh, in boxes and not uh, individually signing them over. So yeah, all of that is uh, slightly making people distrust the vote by mail and you know dropping off your ballot system. Although what we're seeing in Los Angeles is still a huge participation rate. I mean, 1.8, nearly 1.8 million people have cast their ballots in Los Angeles County, and that is uh, primarily by mail. At this point, six days out from the election in 2016, only about 500,000 had cast uh, you know, in the last presidential election. So the turnout, although it's, you know, made some people kind of, you know, scratch their heads and feel a little bit uncomfortable, the turnout for vote by mail in Los Angeles is still just gigantic. Mm-hmm. Anything else you're seeing in Southern California in the in the days before the election? You know, I think that uh, folks are excited. They are uh, excited to go to the polls. Uh, Orange County, I think one of the interesting elements we're seeing is Democrats turning out at a much faster clip than Republicans so far. And because there are some contested congressional races there, uh, the 39th District with Gil Cisneros and Young Kim, 48 with Harley Ruda and Michelle Steele, uh, the question is whether the 
communications from the White House and the message from President Trump to um, not trust vote by mail and to, you know, want to go in person to cast your ballot is maybe encouraging conservative voters there to hold off and wait until uh, they can go in person to vote. And the question is whether we will see maybe longer lines in Orange County uh, as early voting opens up and on Election Day. Um, That's another storyline that I'm watching for sure in Southern California. Well, let's go up to Northern California now where where people, you know, all over the state, but especially in wine country, have been dealing with more huge wildfires. Um, Isabella, you wrote a very only in 2020, only in California kind of story that's titled How to Vote in a Pandemic When You've Lost Your Home in a Wildfire. Tell us about the people that you talked to for this story. So I spoke to several people who lost their homes in the recent glass fire in Sonoma and Napa counties. And obviously with the stress and trauma of losing your home, having to worry about how you'll get your ballot and vote this year is an extra stressor that these people really don't need. But um, everyone I spoke to was really still determined to make sure to get their vote counted this year. And part of that goes into climate change concerns for people in California who are so blatantly affected by um, it through these annual wildfires. So I talked to Lexi Evans. She said that she was offended to hear Trump saying that global warming isn't even real after she just lost the home she'd lived in for 12 years. It's a weird kind of situation where it's just problem after problem piling up. Like first we've got this pandemic. So the state sends out vote by mail ballots to every registered voter in California. But then just days before the registers plan to mail out those ballots, two major wildfires break out on the same day. There was the glass fire in Sonoma and Napa and then the Zog fire in Shasta. And then the concern is as those fires continue to burn and as they're sending out the ballots, what if people's ballots get burned in their mailboxes or in their homes? And um, yeah, the biggest problem is that there's there's mostly like a lot of confusion over voting already and concerns about voter integrity and election fraud. So the people I spoke to all had really different ideas about how they'd be able to vote. So what options do these people have if, if their homes burned down and maybe their ballot with it? Are, are there county registrars, you know, reaching out to them? Are there county registrars even equipped to help them out? Yeah, so the key thing to know is that by law, ballots can't be forwarded. So even if people affected by the wildfires request their their post office to forward their mail, their ballot won't be forwarded. Um, But what none of the people that I spoke to knew is that you can actually request a replacement ballot. So they're able to track ballots and they'll know if you never sent in your first one. And if you haven't, they'll send you a replacement, um, even if it's outside of the county that you're registered or even the state. And so Sonoma and Napa actually, for the first time, made these web pages for voters displaced by disasters to let people know what their options are. And obviously, it's hard for registrars to contact people who have lost their homes since they don't know where they're residing and they don't have everyone's phone numbers on file. So people really need to reach out or check their county registrar's websites to know their options. And then in Shasta, um, an interesting solution was um, the registrar voters, Kathy Darling Allen told me they're actually going to call any registered voters they have on file if they haven't voted already and make sure that those affected by the wildfires know what their options are. Well, let's talk more about voting by mail now, because with less than a week until Election Day, the national conversation recently has become Sort of if you have a mail-in ballot and you haven't sent it back yet, don't mail it anymore at this point because it's it might be too late. Um, But, Ben, you wrote a piece about how that's not necessarily the case here in California. So what's going on here? I think the the sort of this angst or this anxiety that we're seeing over 
whether ballots might not be counted in time. It kind of comes from two things. One is the U.S. Postal Service put out an advisory in, in May that said that voters who want to cast their ballot by mail uh, should do it no later than a week out from the day that the polls close. And I reached out to their uh, the, the USPS's California office, and they say that that is still their position. That's still very much their recommendation. And so they want to basically just give postal workers enough time to deliver the ballots on time. Another source of the anxiety uh, comes from the U United States Supreme Court. So on Monday, the court decided that the state of Wisconsin cannot count ballots that they receive after the polls close. So together, this advisory from the Postal Service and the court ruling have put some people made some people very worried about this prospect. But I think, you know, speaking to experts here in California, the general consensus is that at least for California voters, relax, you can trust the mail system at least uh, pretty much until the last moment. Um, and that's because California has a law, which is that uh, county registrars are allowed to accept and count ballots up to 17 days after the polls close, as long as the ballot is postmarked before election before the polls close. So that's, that's a really important caveat. If you cast your ballot in the mail on November 4th, you are out of luck. You still have to vote before the polls close. But if you put it in the mail on November 2nd and it gets that postmark, um, then they can the, the county can accept it up until November 20th and it will still be counted. Is that a new law or that is that's been the case since pre-pandemic, right? So there was an extension pre-pandemic, but it was uh, lengthened this year because they wanted to make sure that even if there was a catastrophic delay in postal delivery, there's still going to be 20 day buffer to allow those ballots to come in and be counted. So then if somebody wants to, A, make sure their vote is counted and B, counted early uh, so that it's part of the election night results, what's your advice? Uh, vote as quickly as possible, as soon as you can. There's no hard cutoff, but if you put your ballot in the mail by three days out from election day, it will be the first batch of ballots to be counted and reported on election night. Um, you can also drop it in a drop box that is run by the county that's like you're basically cutting out the postal middle middleman, middle person altogether. You're just giving it directly to the county. You can drop it off at a vote center, uh, do early voting. And that way you will also make sure that your ballot is counted first, if that's important to you. Um, but again, even if you if you vote late, even if you're you're not getting it in um, until, you know, on election day, you're voting in person, or if you get it in the mail on election day, um, your ballot is still going to be counted. It just might be counted later. But registrars go out of their way to make sure that every valid ballot is counted. And again, if you are worried, there is a little bit of a timing concern if you're voting by mail. You put it in the blue bin, for example, at 3 p.m. on election day. Maybe the postal carrier doesn't come by and pick it up until too late and doesn't get postmarked. Another option is to actually go into a post office directly and say, here's my ballot. Please postmark it now. And then you will make, know that it is being postmarked before the polls close. Good to know. So my last question for all three of you is what's your plan for voting if you haven't done so already? Or what is one thing that you want people to keep in mind next week as they're watching election results come in on Tuesday night? Libby, why don't you start us off? So I am a weird politics reporter, and I hold on to my ballot until the last minute because when I answer people's questions about their ballots, I like to be able to open mine up and sort of go visually through. So I, I use my own ballot as sort of a show and tell and a, a, an aid for myself to report. Uh, and so I wait until Election Day and I take it in personally to a vote center and drop it off. 
Um, but that is not what I recommend to people. What I recommend to people is that they vote as soon as possible. And if you are uncomfortable or worried about USPS, definitely drop it off at one of the early vote centers that are open or a vote by mail drop box. So that's that's my advice. It Again, I have a weird situation because I just prefer to hold on to mine until the last minute. If there's any question about the ballot, I want to be able to refer to my my own ballot. Isabella, how are you voting this year? So I have already voted. Um, I got my vote by mail ballot and I walked it the other day to my post office around the block. Um, but my biggest suggestion to anyone who's worried about voting or confused about voting is just, especially those who are affected by the wildfires, is just to call your county registrar. They're very um, accessible and that's the best way to get your information. All right, Ben, have you voted already or are you also holding on to your ballot? Well, I too am a weird political reporter, which means that as soon as I got my ballot, I got really excited to open it up and voted immediately. So I voted like three weeks ago, not to brag or anything, but I was pretty excited to just see how the process worked. And so, um, yeah, I guess my, my advice would also just to be just vote as early as you can, because not only do you want to make sure that uh, there are no delays, but it also just takes a really long time to vote. Uh, if you're in California, the ballot is very, very long. I do this for a living. It still took me like three hours to fill out. So I would just get it over with. All right. Well, I haven't voted yet. I'm holding on to mine. Do it. <laughs> uh, looking forward to the hours of research this weekend. Uh, that's Ben Christopher, reporter with Cal Matters, Isabella Bloom, a reporter with VoteBeat, and Libby Denkman with KPCC. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. Thanks so much. And good luck on election day. We'll need it. Thanks. <laughs> Drink lots of water. We've heard a lot of people talk this week about their plans for voting, but I didn't talk about mine yet. Like you, Elizabeth, I'm going to take my ballot to a Dropbox this weekend. It's a bit out of the way for me, but I plan to take it to the Golden One Center in downtown Sacramento. That's where the Kings play. Because I hear that they're giving out team-branded I Voted stickers. And while I'm not really a huge sports fan, I feel like I could use, like, one positive memento from 2020. But don't procrastinate too long, Nicole, or they might run out of stickers. That would happen to me. It's a very 2020 prediction. <laughs> if you made it to the end of this podcast, All About Voting, and you're not registered to vote, there is still time. You can register on Election Day or during early voting in some counties. Thanks for listening. Remember to vote and we will see you on the other side next week. California State of Mind is a collaboration of Cal Matters and Cap Radio. It's edited by Nick Miller and produced by Jen Picard. Sally Schilling is our executive producer. Devin Cortan is the technical director. Chris Hagen is our digital editor. Chris Bruno and Margarita Noriega are our masters of marketing. Our social media is run by Emmy Gilbert and Courtney Fong. Dave Lesher is Cal Matters editor and Joe Barr is Cap Radio's chief of content. Our theme song is Melifera Ligustica by Isaac Joel. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. Hit that subscribe button. It's free and you'll get notified every Friday of a new episode. That's all for now. Thanks again for listening to California State of Mind. See you next week.